Now entering Nerdist.com. Chew it with a guy named Kevin. Chew it. And this other guy, Steve. Chew it. From the TV and the movies. And now this podcast stream. Chew it. They're going to get chewy. Chew it. They might even get me. Chew it. But they're going to get funky on this podcast thing. Hey, everyone. This is Steve Lemmy. And Kevin Heffernan. Whew, we're done. We're, we're done, done man. The crowdfunding campaign. The campaign's over. Oh man, it was long. It was hard, but we can't thank you guys enough for That's your help. That's what she said. Uh, are we going to reflect on it? Or? Let's reflect on it this episode. Reflections on. Yeah, sing it. The way life used to be. Beautiful voice. You always have. Thank you. And you're a lawyer in two states. Thank you. But Kevin, I have something to say to you. What? The wait is over. For what? Baseball season. It's here at last. Oh, tell me about it. A-Rod's about to pass Willie Mays. Go. And the excitement continues all season long, not just today. At DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy partner of Major League Baseball. Oh, yeah. So, listen, do you know what daily fantasy means? No. What? What? Uh, it, I don't get it. It means no season-long commitments. Oh, just man, that's good, because you know what? What? That 162-game fantasy season, tough. that's rough, man. It's tough. It's hard. If to I could just... Dip my toe in the water like a couple times. Yeah, sure. One, one day, day here, a day there. Whenever you're in the mood. Yeah. And then you win. To make money off it? Instant cash. Instant gratification. You know? Because like, and you get it that day. Like, why wait until the end of the season to claim victory when you True. can win huge cash every single day? Wow. And that's the thing. At DraftKings, it's like a brand new season every time you play. Like, you just select two pitchers. Okay. Eight position players. Okay. Stay under the salary cap. And you can be on your way to an enormous payday. Oh, man. I can do that. I know. Uh, Like last year, uh, my buddy Peter from Colorado won a million bucks at DraftKings. Oh, yeah. You went to to school with him. Yeah, in one day. Just playing fantasy baseball. A million bucks. Did he take out the dinner? Uh, He did. Oh, good. He did. In Colorado. Okay. uh, Where the cannabis cup was. Okay. Hundreds of thousands of fantasy sports fans just like you, Kev, have already cashed in at DraftKings. But now, it's your turn, Chew Crew. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code Chew. To play for free. You, Kevin, could win part of the $300 million in prizes. I said $300 million in prizes being awarded this season. Just use promo code CHU. C-H-E-W? That's right. For free entry now at DraftKings.com. C-H-E-W? Yes, at DraftKings.com. We had a nice, uh, we had a fun campaign. The, the Super Troopers 2 Indiegogo campaign is officially over. The campaign is over. Right. Uh, it doesn't mean the whole thing's over, but it means that the 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 30-day burst yeah. of shit is done. The campaign is over. The store is still open. Right. There's actually a reason for that. Uh, the well, reason... Like, so, wait. Now, people can still contribute? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. The, um, because there is... Uh, well, first of all... We've actually gotten a shitload of, uh, of people who have asked to keep it open. Okay, because uh, you think that they just missed the 30 days, or they, you think they're just learning about it now, or what, what's, what's Well, up? I think, I mean, first of all, there are a lot of people who actually still want us to raise more money. Yeah. Who are like, I mean, they've seen some of the perks, like they like the perks they've gotten. I yeah. know the Tinfoil Monkey agenda, even though it hasn't uh, been digitized yet, a lot of people are psyched for that. Yeah. Um, y- you know... Uh, I don't know if it's posted yet, but I know a couple... I watched the Tinfoil Monkey Jenna recently. I love the Tinfoil Monkey Well, because I had to, um, quality control. I did, we had to find what the best yeah. you know, quality version is. Because, you know, when we shot that fucking thing, it was on 16 millimeter, and it's on a half inch. It's on VHS tape. Yeah. And uh, 
So I popped it in my VHS tape and I watched it. And has it hold up? Pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, okay, we're, we're not practicing. We're not like, <clears throat> promising a masterpiece or yeah. anything. This no, I, <clears throat> I really like your performance. My performance. I really like Soder's performance. I really like Jay's performance. My performance, I don't love. Um, which is unusual because usually I love my performances. Oh my god! Usually you're riveted by yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember loving Soder's. Uh, not so much. I mean, not that I don't like it. Not so much his his soldier performance, but more that Taron oh, Garden Variety, Ardenberg, the news guy. The news well, guy. for those who don't know, Tinfoil Monkey Agenda is the first film, I guess you'd say, we ever made. Yeah, it was a like a twenty five minute, sixteen millimeter film we made in like the early nineties. Uh, it was a student film, uh, a thesis film for our friend Kevin Cooper, who went to NYU, and we get, made a pretty elaborate. It's pretty elaborate. Yeah, I mean, we... I mean, for that, for a student film. Oh, well, we flew down to Florida. Yeah. And, you know, it's a 30-minute Military invasion. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, it's a military invasion. We all play... We play army people invading a country to capture a dictator. Yeah. Uh, Jay plays General Ramos Lalala Gamboa. Yeah. And then when we cut it together, we realized it wasn't a finished product, and so we went back and reshot a shitload of stuff. Yeah, well, what happened was we, we cast some other actors as the newscaster which is kind of the glue that holds the thing together yeah and then we realized well what the fuck are we doing this is our movie we're giving some other guys like the biggest parts of the, let's just so we reshot it yeah we put soda into the newscaster part yeah and he did a fantastic job yeah I mean we play a lot of different roles in yeah. that movie which is uh, which is a fun thing it's the or- original what's up soapy yeah the original what's up it's, but it's it's super fun to watch it is fun to watch and I mean for me I, I don't know like if like these, this day and age, you know, a video like that would have a little more gloss on it, just because of the technical, uh, you know, specs have come so far since then. Like you know, like a dude can do that on Final Cut Pro. Yeah, we cut that thing on a steam back. Like we had the f- f- strips of film hanging off the fucking hooks. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, no. I mean it's uh, it's crazy. You know what? I actually have the. Uh the rough cut of Tinfoil Monkey Agenda. Yeah, I have that too somewhere. But I think, you know what? What what happened was, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the guys on the campaign had, that's all they got their hands on. On which one? The rough cut. Oh, really? And so they, like, they did, like, on the Indiegogo site a couple weeks ago, like, quick flashes, like a quick trailery type thing. Yeah. And I saw images in there that are not in the movie that were in the rough cut. I'm like, oh, shit, what are we doing here? Because you can't put that rough cut out. Well, and and it turned out that they could not find the final product, and they were just in a stopgap measure. They had just put up some images from what they've had, and I was like, "Let me see what I can find." Sure, okay. So you found the proper one. I did find it, but I, mean, I I would say like what could be fun is to give the tinfoil monkey agenda as a perk, and then later on down the road release the the director's cut of. Uh, I guess so, but you know what? I mean, the reality is when we first watched that thing, our fucking jaws dropped. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but that's the and nature. I cut it together. That's the nature of the director's cut, though. It's like you see the film, and then you know, like I think at this point, you you look at it, and it's like, I mean, it's just a bunch of fucking bullshit <laughs> thrown at the wall. Um, yeah, like, but monkey talk is in the final cut, right? No. Oh, we cut monkey talk out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a shame. As we should. Oh, that's a shame. As we should. That's a shame. Monkey. As we should. Well, as we should because. Narratively, it just it slowed everything down. But monkey, yeah. the monkey talks themselves. No, there's some funny stuff. delight. But there's still in that movie. There's still things that hit or miss. And, and you know, yeah. it's like I, I actually stumbled across Kentucky Fried Movie the other day on uh, cable. Really? And uh, 
It's a similar, like, you know. Is that the one where they spoof Enter the Dragon? Uh, I didn't see that part. Or, is there, or am I thinking I can't of the, remember. the Groove Tube? I can't remember. I, get I think it's a Kentucky Fried Movie. Um, yeah, well, it is, because it ends up, like, into the Wizard of Oz thing. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But, you know, ours our had a similar feel to it, where it was like, you know, uh, the quality of the time was sure. lesser than it is now. It's fine. But anyway, it's for, for fans, yeah. it's, a, it's a fun thing. So, like, yeah. going back to the, to the, the store being open. Right. So, so, okay. So, so the campaign th- finished on the 24th yeah. of April. That was the 30-day thing. We raised $4.4 million, yeah. which is fucking amazing. It's amazing. Thank you to everybody who contributed. Thank you, everyone. But so a lot of people have asked us to keep the store open because they, they want to still uh, r- help us raise more money. And yeah. also, I think a lot of people want to... And there's some cool shit. Well, that's the, the other thing there's is... There's t-shirts. Fucking great. The t-shirts are great. There's another... Uh, the reality also is we have to keep the store open for a few things because, like, we have some advanced screenings. Oh yeah, that we need to fill. Otherwise, we like they looked pretty good. They looked like they were really filling up, though. They're starting to fill up, but I it's mean, like, not the ones in like London and Sydney. Which, no, but that's the thing. It's like there are. Those Brits got to get on that shit, man. Yeah. So, like, some places, you know, like uh, we offered advanced screenings late in the game. Yes. Like Burlington, like Burlington and Boston, and Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. And they're starting to fill up now, and so it's the choice is either we can cancel them if they're if they only have like twenty people. Um, we don't want to do that. Though. No, so like we're keeping the store open for those, and then also some beer fests, which we added late. Oh yeah, and so that's actually we're going to rent out like a hall and have a beer fest comp. We're going to play games. Yeah, there's going to be like a beer pong tournament, and uh, we're going to be there, and you know people can compete or they can just come hang out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so we have to fill those too. Yeah, because uh, those are a, there are a bunch of those. There's Chicago, which I think is sold out. There's uh, DC, there's Austin, there's Vancouver. Vancouver, yeah. There's all the the ones overseas. Yeah. As well. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so it's like like a bunch of people have purchased for some of those and then it's like, well, what do you do? Do you cancel it because we offered it late and it hasn't filled up or do you keep it open? So we're keeping the store. I think you open. gotta keep it open. Yeah, that's what you we're gotta doing. You gotta keep it open. And so uh whoever made that decision made this right decision. They did. They Smart did. decision. That's a good decision making. And then um, you know, we have one more baseball game. In June, it's an Angels game, a luxury suite. Oh, great! Okay, and uh, we're going to go to a couple in May, I think. Right? We have a couple in May. This is like, fun. Starting next fun. week, yeah. And a luxury suite, seven, seven people, and then the five of us. That's great. And then, uh, but there's one available in June that we already paid for, so that of course is still in the store. Oh, good. Okay, so somebody can go get that. Then. And then also, uh, now here's the crazy thing: there's the Blackhawks luxury suite for a Blackhawks playoff game. Yeah. That one's still available. That's Stolhansky and and uh, and Jay. Right. And so that means there are ten tickets open. So I think it's I think it's a fifteen thousand dollar package for the for the playoffs. Yeah. That's ten people that get to go. And the great thing is what that's Stolhansky. The great and, thing uh, is it's the Minnesota Wild, which is Stolhansky's team against the Chicago Blackhawks, with his Jay's team, and they're both going to be there. I'll tell you what: if you get that package, if you divide it up with your with your nine friends. You're going to get to see them like side bet and talk shit, and you can. I mean, talk they got big bets going on. I think they should probably pay off those bets in that room. Whatever, they have whatever some bets going. There's some big bets going on. It'll be amusing. I mean, it'll be hardcore for those. Yes, yeah. and I, I would imagine like a Minnesota, Chicago hockey game is probably a pretty good rivalry anyway. Well, no, yeah, they're a bunch of pussies over there. Yeah, but I'm saying like regionally. I mean the teams regionally. Uh, the I mean regionally. Uh, sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Black- I hate the Minnesota guys. Yeah, I hate the Chicago guys. 
Yeah, yeah. The Chicago and Detroit is a is a, a better rivalry. Chicago and St. Louis. I'm talking about rivalry. like regionally, though. No, I got hear the word regionally coming yeah. out of your mm-hmm. out of your pie hole, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's going to be great. But but specifically in that luxury suite, there's a major rivalry going on. So right, it's, those two Thorny guys. and Rabbit. Look, we're still selling here. We're still uh, selling. But this is le- that, that's legit. I, I can't yeah, no, wait. it would be fun to go to that thing. Um, but that's still out there. And then um, anyway, I think I think that's it for the one. So basically, the bottom line is the store's open. People can go to supertroopers2movie.com. Store's open. Some stuff is coming and down. still get some shit. Yeah, some stuff is coming out. Uh, yeah. Like the limited edition T-shirts, because they are limited edition, those are done after this week. Okay. You can buy a three-pack right now, I think. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, there's... But I think the big thing people want to know is now what happens. Do you hear that, people? That's what's known in the business as a segue. And Kevin <laughs> had just thrown out, thrown out the thesis statement. I'm tired of selling shit. Okay. I was just, uh, I feel like I had one more thing not to sell, but to reflect oh. upon. Oh, okay. Uh, and I can't remember what it is. Ah, you scared it out of me. It wasn't that important. You scared it out of me. I think it was something about the hockey game. Go Rangers. Okay. Um, all right, fuck Go it. Go Rangers. All right, say your piece. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. I, I think people are, people are curious now. I mean, I think people are very curious. Like, okay, campaign's over. You raised 4.4. What happens now? Yeah. Oh, I know what it was I was going to say. Okay. There are two potential perks coming down the road. Which I'm excited about. One is we're trying to figure out where they go, but we're going to release the uh, the Boston fight video. Oh, good. Okay. Between Chandra Sekar and Stolhansky. Okay, I have that here. Yeah, so that's one thing that uh, we're talking about releasing. That's like when we were promoting Super Troopers. We told the story before. We were promoting yeah. Super Troopers, and uh, Jay and Eric actually got into a fight, like a physical fight. Yeah. And we had two cameras running on it. So. Yeah, but it was like because Stolhansky was driving the bus to get super fucking wasted because we were in Boston, even though you and I... It was the last night. It was kind of the last night of the campaign. Yeah, you and I are the Boston guys, but... uh, Yeah. But Stolhansky was driving the bus, and then uh, that's where we had the incident with the bouncer at the House of Blues, but then Jay was elsewhere, and he showed up totally sober, and Stolhansky, like, wanted to fuck with him and got us kicked out of the bar, and then they wrestled on the street, and (laughs) uh, Stolhansky got his ass kicked. Yeah. And we had two cameras running. Two cameras. My going. brother's camera and Rob Bracci, our DP. Yes. We're so both shooting the fight. Yeah. Two angles. Yeah. So that's a perk <laughs> that's potentially coming. Okay. Uh, down the road, and also, and the other perk is uh, my breakdancing commercial. You found it? Oh, I've I've never. Oh, lost I've never it. lost it. I've never lost it. Did you find your breakdancing skills though, or no? No, I never lost them. I've never lost those. <laughs> you know what I, th- I was thinking would be a, a good perk too. Then, if as long as we're in the business of just showing old shit, is yeah. my. Uh, Student film, Where for Art Thou Romeo? Do you have that? I do have that. Oh, you do? Oh, I've We should be watching that once a week, man. I've kept the greatest hits. That okay. thing is one okay. of the greatest pieces of art I've ever been a part of. <laughs> and that was, that was like post-Puddle Cruiser, pre-Super Troopers, right? Or uh, was that, it pre-Puddle Cruiser? That is... I think that's pre-Puddle Cruiser. Maybe it's post-Puddle Cruiser. Oh, that's a tough call. I don't know. I think okay. that's... That might be but that was like, you're young, some dude's making a student film, you go audition, you get the lead. That's pre-Puddle Cruiser, because I have okay. long hair in that thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, oh, and you know what, I do have to plug something, since we're here. Okay. Uh, a film, an independent film I shot in Chicago last summer. Oh, yeah? The Origins of Wit and Humor is playing at the Los Angeles Comedy uh, Festival tom- or tonight, Wednesday night. Okay. Are you going? I am going. Nice. Um, it's a really good movie. Turned out really Did well. Did you watch it? I have watched it, yeah. Oh, great. And, uh, but I'm going to see it on big screen for the so first the time. So the L.A. Comedy Film Festival. Yeah, 9.30 is the screening. and uh, Wednesday night. Wednesday night, tonight. 
Right. Uh, the 29th, I think. Is that what the date is? That's got to be the day. Okay. Wednesday the 29th. And okay. um, yeah, so uh, I'll be there and uh, I think uh, like I retweeted it. I'll, I'll tweet it out again. You do a little Q&A kind of thing? Uh, probably. Probably. Fuck, I'd like to go. Uh, you should come. I can't. I got a baby. Ah, what are you going to do? Um, Wednesday night, my wife's working. I know. I have a plus one because my wife can't come. She's, you know, the thing starts at 930 at night. Oh, I would go to that. The screening. Anyway, so, so that's the only thing I'll plug. But uh, Are you good in it? Uh, yeah. What's the name of your character? Uh, wait, I'll get it. I'll remember. Pop. Pops. 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 Are you an old, plain old guy? Uh. <laughs> you got old makeup on? Yeah. I have gray hair, like white hair and, uh, and a cane. <laughs> What's that, Pops? I remember, like, it's, because it's based on a real guy whose last name is, like, Papadopoulos. Oh, okay. And they call him Pops. Okay. And so. It makes me think of an old guy when I hear that. Yeah, no, I know. And that's what I was thinking when I went there. I was like, uh, Pops. You know, mm-hmm. but, uh. I actually play I play the best friend of the lead actor. And what's the premise of the movie? The premise of the mo- movie is a a sketch co- uh, a writer on a sketch comedy show on TV. Okay. Um like an SNL type thing is uh is tapped out and he's sort of like disillusioned with like the process of making people laugh. The movie's called The Origins of Wit and Humor. Okay. And uh The Origins of Wit and Humor. Yeah, he sort of stepped outside the box okay. of of uh you know he's 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 self-examining. Oh, okay. And wondering what's it all about. What does it mean to even be funny? And like, are people really mm. funny? And like, you go through that every day. I do. And so, uh, but what happens is, and he's having a, a crisis with women too. Like, where they are not finding him funny, and he's like, he doesn't know what's going on. So I give him a book called The Origins of Wit and Humor. Okay. And in it, in the very back, he finds an ad. For like a potion that's guaranteed to make you funny. Oh, and so he. I'm he, liking this. He orders it and buys it, and it comes, and he drinks it, and he becomes hilarious. Really? But it's like Fantasy Island, where like uh, you know, it's the genie. Be where careful once, what you wish for. Yeah, and suddenly, like he can't fucking stop it. And I like, like it. And he starts, you know, like women start responding to him, and he's just, uh, you know, and then he gets disillusioned with that. He's just a miserable person. Is right. the problem? Okay. Um, and there's no cure for for misery. Well, I mean, it, it's uh, from a I haven't seen the movie yet, but from a writing standpoint, it gets hard because you have to go from like, if you take that potion, he has to be funny. Yeah. And so, you, as a writer writing that movie, you got to make sure that shit's funny. Yeah, but it's but like, well, there's a way around it though, which is that they don't necessarily like, they only deal with his complaining. And so okay. it's like what happens is he shows up at my doorstep and he's like, yeah, I mean, I, did, I said the thing. She was fucking, she thought it was hilarious. It wasn't even that good. Okay, okay, okay. Because he's not actually gotten any funnier. People are just thinking he's thinking hilarious. Thinking he's, ah, I got you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it's like, uh, it's a really interesting. The Origins of Wit and Humor. Yeah. Directed by Christian Gazette. LA, LA Comedy Festival. L.A. Comedy Festival. Where would that be playing? Um, that's actually a great question. <laughs> <laughs> you should walk into these things prepared to promote your shit. I forgot Lemmy. that I, I forgot that I was doing it. I just found out about it today. I forgot. Well, they told me last week. I forgot about. It. I tweet. I retweeted them last night. All right, go to Lemmy's Twitter at Steve Lemmy, and he'll have the information. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep. I'll keep tweeting it. All the information. Go see it there on my Twitter. Anyway, so okay, so for us, the campaign uh, has ended. The yes. store is still open. Now we are moving forward with our plans. Here's yeah. one. Aside from the money mm-hmm. uh, that we raised, which is fantastic, um, the studios really needed to see that the, our fans were out there. I think yes. that was something they I think thought we proved that. didn't exist. We have definitely proved it. Yep. Uh, they are excited about that. I know they're releasing Super Troopers 2 on a minimum of 800 screens, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
another great thing is we have pretty much narrowed down the start date for the movie. Yeah. Um, approximately September 28th, I think. Is yeah, we're going to do end rolling. of September. Part of it is based on Brian Cox's availability. Yeah. Uh, and part of it is uh, just because now what we'll do is, okay, the campaign is done. Uh, now we will move into casting. Casting takes a little while. We have about, I don't know, three or four roles, uh, new characters to our world that we want to fill. We, we, have, we have five roles for... Uh, that are I was I was just lead you know, actors. I was just rounding it. I got off. specific. Yeah, I got specific. And uh, so we ha- uh, we've hired a casting director, and now we move forward. Now you, what happens is you make offers to people, you let them read the script. It takes a couple weeks per person. I'm sure, uh, but it'll take a couple months just to put the cast together. Yep. And um, and then what we'll do also is um, we'll start looking at locations. Yep. And uh, you know we've talked about uh, uh, a few options uh, in the Northeast. Maybe Massachusetts, maybe New York. Uh, we talked about Minnesota, maybe. Basically, uh, we're going to go where we can get a tax incentive. And, uh, you know, there are states that have tax incentives to attract uh, film production. And so we'll pick, a one, pick one that has a, has a good uh, incentive that matches what we need, the look that we need. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll go find a place. We'll start yeah. looking at those right now. And then, uh, and also, we're going to do some uh, rewrites on the script. Yeah, um, which we would, because it could never be funny enough. Lemmy, listen. The only way to make a movie great is to keep working on it. Keep working on it. Pick it apart. Put it back together. Pick it apart. Put it back together. Yeah. And uh, you know, right now the script is actually really good. I mean, and also it depends uh, on on what the final budget winds up being. Yeah. Um, you know, we wrote our dream, our dream script, which has uh, some big shit in there. Yeah. Um, if we get to that five million, we can get those real bears that we want. But we've got the stinger missiles, and we've got. We've got some name actors that uh, we are going to have to make real offers to. So uh, I think the other thing that's kind of f- uh, fun is that, and I made a list of them, which I'm going to look at as we head into a rewrite in the next couple of weeks. Um, I feel like uh, putting these costumes on over the last month and doing like a lot of these scenes, you come up with a, some new jokes sure. and some new concepts. And uh, I get a little list of things I'd like to try to work into that script based on the campaign, the shit that we did in the campaign. You know? Sure, yeah. Which I think is fun. Yeah, well, that was, you know, it's funny because I remember um, when we first promoted the movie, uh, back before it had even come out and nobody knew who we were, they made us wear the, the costumes and we fucking hated it. Yeah. Because it's like... I still don't like it. I'm, I'll, go, I'll go on record saying I don't like it. I, I, I mean... I only don't like it in that, like, there are a lot of pieces to a trooper outfit. There are. But I didn't... And it's all polyester. It's polyester, but I didn't... I wasn't embarrassed the way I used to be. Like, the way I used to be, I was like, I'm... It's, there's five of us in cop uniforms, and, like, they're parading us around in public, and people are like, who the fuck are these assholes? Right. Now, like, people actually know who the super troopers are, and so it wasn't as painful. I guess so, time. but, like, in my mind, like... Like, now people would cheer you, as opposed to, like, who the fuck are you? I guess, but, like... When the Avengers go around and do their press tour, you don't see them going around in fucking Thor outfit. When the fa- when the Star Trek guys go around and do their press tour, they don't wear the Star Trek uniforms around, do they? Well, so why the fuck are we wear those uniforms? Although around? I'll say this though, I'll say this though: if I was at Comic Con and all of a sudden all the fucking Avengers came out, if like that fucking uh, Hemsworth came out in his Thor <laughs> costume, right. I'd be psyched. I just like to see him with his shirt off. Oh, I know he's <laughs> dreamy. Uh, uh, but no, you know what I'm saying, right? It's like yeah, it's a slippery slope because like once you, people want to see you in your uniform, then you're always in the fucking uniform. Yeah, well, particularly for us because 
we have a couple of guys who are will happily uh, volunteer us for that kind of shit, and then they miraculously uh, forget their uniform. <laughs> yeah, like Chandra Zagar comes to mind. Well, that was a that was a. I remember that was a great fight on the original Super Troopers tour. Yeah. On like our first day. Like, Chandra Sekar had forgotten his uniform back in Los Angeles, and we were in Seattle. Yeah. And Christy Lima, the Fox Searchlight person, was arguing with us to put our uniforms on, names? on the radio. I loved her. <laughs> and uh, and Chandra Sekar was like, come on, guys, do the, do the uniforms. And you fucking snapped on him. Well, because he had conveniently, as he does often, he conveniently forgot in his uniform back in L.A. Yeah. He had it in his house. He was supposed to bring it. He didn't, of course. Yeah. And, uh... And then he's fighting to have us wear our uniform on the radio, and it wasn't even like a, it wasn't even like a tongue in cheek like ha 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 ha. It was like a seriously, guys, you got the uniforms, you should wear them, right? Oh, yeah. And like fuck you, dude. Yeah. You didn't even bring your uniform. Yeah. No. No. Believe me, I, I know. I was there. I felt the same way. Didn't your uniform have like egg yolk on it? The whole tour, that first tour. Yeah. Like. Uh, uh, it was early in the thing. We did a breakfast interview, and we had egg sandwiches with the reporter. Right. And the it's, I slopped it on my pants, <laughs> as I will it often do. And then um, never got them cleaned. Never. I thought that Fox, that's when we were riding lar- living large, you know, like Fox was going to clean those things. Yeah. And they never, never did. But um, I actually, speaking of that, Lemmy, yesterday, you know where I went? Um, I don't know. Uh, egg City. Nope. Uh I don't know where. Tell me. The dry cleaners. Oh, really? Did and I brought all of our uniforms to the dry cleaners because I was sick of it. They got gross over that month. I didn't give you permission month. to do that. Well, the funny thing about your uniform is, and I wish you would do something about this, but your pants don't fit you. They're so big. <laughs> They're so goddamn big. It looks like, you remember, we should talk about like Police Academy, like they had the uniforms that didn't fit them. Yeah. That's what you look like in those pants. And we talked about that specifically when we made First Super Troopers. We don't want to be those. That, we're not making that cop movie. Like, right. These guys are still real cops. They're actually real cops. Yeah. yeah. But you are swimming in those pants. I know. Why don't you take those pants and get them tailored? Because uh, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. But you understand what I'm saying to you. Yeah, I do. I they don't do. fit you. I I mean they're too big. You look like a baby in those pants. Yeah, I don't fucking care. I don't <laughs> fucking care. That's not. I would rather have that than to spend like ten minutes at the tailor's getting him to fucking take in my cop uniform. <laughs> That's what it would be. Ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, no, I know. You know, I actually just went and got uh, my tuxedo. Ah, uh, oh, it would have been a perfect t- time for you to do it. Tailor today, except uh, except that uh, my uniform was at the uh, the dry cleaner. Well, so. If you asked me, I would have held it out. Oh, man. That's I would have pulled bad. it out. Next time. Um, okay. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, we've got a start date, September 28th. Cameras right. are going to roll through October. We're rewriting the script. We're uh, Casting, locations. Casting That's and, uh, all the shit we're going to do now, and it's uh, we're excited. Yeah, so once again, thank you, because that is honestly, we could not have done this without the fans. And it's, you know, like you hear that said from people so many times, but this is a case where it actually is the truth. Uh, the like, truth. It's the truth. The fans made this happen. They really did. Um, we could have so, done it. We so could have done great. it. The, uh, I mean, I have to say, this, this past month has been... Fucking crazy. It has been pretty crazy because uh, what you do is you try to pack it full of shit. The press opportunities, media opportunities, uh, other kind of funny, weird stuff. And we did do a bunch of fun, weird shit this last month. Yeah, well, our... our and then we were looking at the list. Our campaign director, Ivan Asquith, did a great job. Yeah. I mean, he he set us up with all kinds of shit. Yeah. Like day, every day was packed with stuff. Yep. And, you know, and we were still doing other things. You know, it's like we're... Still trying to sell TV shows and film, recording and take, podcasts, meetings, recording podcasts. Yeah, 
and uh, you know you just get you get slammed. Yeah, but um, but no, I mean as I look back on the list of these things, certainly I mean, <clears throat> we talked a couple weeks ago uh, about a bunch of the things that we had been doing, we're in the midst of doing, but now to look back on and reflect on the campaign and just look at the funny things, and there are just funny stories that will live forever. You know, yeah, well, as as we we go on. Yeah, I mean, uh, there were a few big ones, like the Cannabis Cup. Cannabis Cup was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Like, I, I had no idea what to expect. I mean, I think the only way we had to gauge that was then when you and I went to the... The Stony Awards. The Stony Awards, which was at, like, the Malibu Inn. Yeah. And it was, you know, thrown by High Times... And, uh, you know, on a much smaller scale than this Cannabis Cup was. Yeah, we were there to present the award for, I think, like the best internet video (laughs) of that year. Right. And there was like a green carpet that we walked the green carpet. The the funny thing about it was it was an award show, and it had all the auspices of an award show and the look of an award show. Yeah. But uh, it... It but, was like the Bizarro world of the board show because well, well, nothing not, worked Bizarro is not quite the right word. It's like, it's like it had the trappings of a small-scale Oscars, <laughs> but where everybody who's running the Oscars is fucking big. Exactly. Like people would be having, like, the people would have clipboards and the headsets that you'll see, like, with people running around working at award shows, but they were fucking wasted. But cause, okay, so we were supposed to present the award... For best internet video, this is the high time stuff. This is the, this high is the stony thing. We haven't gotten to cannabis, not cup cannabis yet. cup yet. But this that's is, coming. But so you and I had done that, and this is the story we were telling. Though, like, because Paul and Eric and Jay were like, like, uh, what do you think it's going to be like? And we told them the story of the stony words. We're like, it, these guys were so stoned. You know, we were there backstage, and we we're like, when are we going on? And somebody's like, uh, I, you know, uh, I think you're on pretty soon. Oh, yeah, I think you're up next. And then th- we're like, all right. Somebody with a clipboard and a headset. Yeah, yeah, and then we're like, well, what do we do? And they're like, well, go ask that guy over there, man. And so then we'd go and be like, how's it going? He's like, hey, man, how you doing? <laughs> and we're like, uh, I think we're presenting uh, the next award. He's like, okay, what's the next award? And we're like, uh, you tell us. I, I mean, don't know. Your stone buddy with a yeah, clipboard uh, told us to come over here. Yeah, and, and he'd be like, all right, well, do you have the, do you know who wins? And we're like, No. <laughs> Do you? And he's Don't like, you have like an envelope or something? Yeah. And so then they wrote out the winner on a piece of paper. Right. And uh, and then they gave it to us and we went on stage. I did a strikeout. <laughs> <laughs> right. I remember us trying to do like a little bit, but nobody was really listening. We they, did just, a bit. they were just chanting for you to do a strikeout. We did a bit and like people were actually standing back from the stage. It was one of those things where like, you know, like when a band is playing and nobody wants to get right up on the stage. And that's exactly where it was. It was like a bar yeah. with people just standing there. Yeah. Yes. Standard. Oh, I know. Was the bit that something had to do with like you should have won an Oscar or you should have won a Stony for doing a strikeout on? Yeah. Well, we film. talked about how like we had we had won Stony Awards, Super Troopers for best stoner film and best pot smoking scene in a movie the year that Super Troopers came out. Right. And then how uh, the year before we had made Beer Fest and like we talked about who had won yeah. the year before best pot smoking scene. And then we talked about the fact that I hadn't even been nominated. <laughs> right. And I did a Travesty. A, trav- a snub yeah. of epic proportions. It was. Twas. And so then I did a strikeout. But we made the mistake of asking somebody there for some weed. And they gave me like a gravity bong with like just like <laughs> killer. It was a strikeout out of a gravity bong, wasn't it? Yeah. God. And it killed me. Oh, my God. But so anyway, we told those guys the story. And we we're like, yeah, dude, I mean, don't expect like 
anybody to be pulled together. Right. Anyway, so we get to the cannabis cup. The cannabis cup was huge. I mean, there were like thousands of people there. I mean, it was shockingly huge. Like first, I guess before we went, even went over there, we did some interviews. Yeah. With some folks in the hotel rooms. And they were all like a taste of things to come. Like, you know, certain things were going to show up and then the interviews were a certain way. And then people were late and they were stoned. Whatever it was. You know what I mean? Well, it was funny to me because... Like I thought they were just I thought they were gonna be interviews to talk about like the, the crowdfunding campaign and Super Troopers too. But it's like then the interviewer would sit down, and they'd be like, So like what's your favorite strain of weed to talk <laughs> to <laughs> smoke? And you're like, Oh Exactly. Oh, I, Which I wanna talk about also. Yeah. I mean I guess from at that party we went to later on, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But that I found people to be for st- uh, for a bunch of stoners. Yeah. They were so concerned with promotion of certain things and like, I don't know. It just got fucking weird to me. You know what I mean? It's a weird... And the trumpeting of, of weed culture. It was like a, like a serious trumpeting of weed culture. Well, where I'm more like, hey, just hang back, man. It's, it's Let a, it speak for itself. It's a different thing because you walk in and first of all, you know, it's like in our hotel. Like I got in the elevator with the elevator with these guys who were like, it's like central casting for pot <laughs> exactly. smokers. They're just like stone with like long hair and like dreadlocks and like wearing tie dye shirts. Yeah. Facial hair and they're all like, what floor are we going to, man? <laughs> You're like, they have no idea where they are. <laughs> it's like a cliche. Yeah. And then, you know, look, you go, in, it's a convention center. A huge convention center. Huge, I mean, it was gigantic. Yeah. But see, like, in my mind, I had made it out to be sort of like beer fest. Yeah, or like, like, uh, or Oktoberfest where you'd go and it's like ornate halls, like with like <laughs> right. oak rafters and you know the big steins and traditions and things like that. But you walk in, and it's like Skid Row. Like there's a, like there's a lot of people fucking passed out. But it's like a trade show. It's more of a trade show it meets Skid Row show. in a way. Yeah, because it's like there's a lot of like <laughs> merchandise. There's a lot yeah. of uh, booths and there's people booths. selling shit. And yeah, like paraphernalia and like mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. And then but then there's also all the weed. I mean, they're like oh yeah. Their competitions for—I mean—that's what the cannabis cup is. Yeah, I mean, I, I missed out on that part. I feel like. Yeah, well, that part was outside. Okay. So we were in the convention center, and then there was also like a whole food area, and right. then there was an outdoor thing with all the booths with like tons of weed and paraphernalia, and like oh, we we never went out there. I know, I was afraid. Yeah, but that was the thing. It's like <laughs> we got to the cannabis. Well, only cup. because you get you get like people want to fucking. Every time you turn around, people are shoving pipes in your mouth and shit. You know what I mean? They that want to get the interesting thing to me with you. was the. Uh, was the amount of pot smoking that, I mean, people would just walk up it was to thrust you upon you and put joints in your mouth, <laughs> and it's like, and you were surround. We were surrounded by people. Yeah, and I, I didn't know what to expect. Like, but we walked into that convention center, and it's kind of funny because, like you said, like there's a certain clientele, dudes who want you to know that they're stoners, and at the same time, they're like little old ladies in red in red jackets. Yeah, who worked for the convention center. Yeah, who were the ushers. Yeah, and they were all like little women in their like sixties, mean little women. Yeah, who were like worked at the convention center, and like next week they told me there's like a bead show, and then the next (laughs) week there's a dog show, whatever it is. They work whatever convention is there, and it just happened this week they worked the cannabis cup. Yeah, and they and it was like a they did not fit into that world, which to me was one of the best parts about it. Best parts about it because like the place. Reeked of weed. Yeah, and I mean, look, this is these are old ladies who, like a year and a half ago, right? Pot was not legal. <laughs> I know it. 
and their life was perfect. Sure. Now Colorado's got a hell in a handbasket as far as they're concerned. <laughs> right. The morals of Colorado have gone yeah. downhill. And then it's like this whole swarm of people comes in, and that's the first time it's been held there. Like, yeah. They must have been like, like what the what the fuck? fuck? Is well, going I remember because we. We, uh, we can get to it. We hung up with some of the security guards back, you know, in the back rooms or whatever. And it's just the place reeked of weed. It was unbelievable. Reeked of weed. And, like, I f- frankly, I found it funny because, like, I found the smell of B.O. to be overpowering the weed. <laughs> you're in a convention center where that stinks of weed. And you're also like, oh, my God, but this place stinks of B.O. Right. It's convention center stinks of B.O. And it's stronger than the weed smell. It's patchouli weed B.O. Yeah. Um, but so we get there, and you know the award show was everything that we thought. Like we we never talked to anyone. We were told we were hosting the show. Yeah. Like we were told we were the hosts of the show for the couple hours the show's going. We'll be hosting. We'll be hosting. And but we never got any word from anybody anything. And we showed up there, and it was kind of like we're not sure where to go and where to do and. We end up being ushered into this back room, and nobody knew what the fuck we were supposed to do. And we're like, well, I think we're hosting the show. And then finally some dude who seemed to know what was going on yeah. was like, oh, no, man, you're not hosting the show. You're just giving out, like, the first award. Yeah. And we're like, oh, oh, okay, that's yeah. it. And he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, you're not hosting the show. And we're like, yeah. oh, okay, because that's what we thought we were doing. Yeah. And there was a lot of misinformation. Yeah. And then so the show started, and they brought us out uh, to the the big convention room. Wherever, I mean, there was been... 2,000 people there. Yeah. And as soon as that show started, everyone lit up at the same time. Yeah. And it went from like a clear aired BOE type room to a fucking cloud, like a massive cloud yeah. like this convention center has never seen. Yeah. And actually, I don't want to get technical because you're right. You can say it, that it happened at the same time, but truthfully, it didn't happen exactly at the same time. Mm-hmm. One person lit up and then immediately everybody else lit up. <laughs> right, because there, there was a confusion about whether they were allowed to yeah. and whether the convention center was going to be a problem. And there's, you know, cops and security and whatever it is all over the place. Well, because it was interesting because there were a lot of – we found out there were a lot of feds there. There were a lot of undercover FBI agents there because uh-huh. uh, they're – You weren't supposed to sell or something like well, sell weed, right? You're not allowed to – you know, it's like you can have a license to distribute in your dispensaries, but there you're not allowed to deal or even give it away. Right, because that becomes illegal. Because you, you then you're you're unlicensed there. Right, um, and so there are people there monitoring it. So like, yeah, there was a question of whether or not people could smoke, and then somebody lit up, and then yeah, everybody and then it just went. Up. And there's nothing they could do about it. There's two thousand people just smoking weed. Yeah, and people shoving shit in your mouth and whatever it was. Yeah, and so um, so to get to the award show, so we're presenting the first award, and uh, it's a gigantic stage set up in this gigantic convention hall, two thousand people. You know, there's all kinds of people in this kind of like kind of a roped off side of the stage area where we're hanging out, taking pictures with people, whatever it is. And um they say, Okay, uh the the coordinator comes up and says, You guys will be presenting the first thing, we'll call you out there, you go out there. Who's the responsible person here? And I'm like, I guess I am. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm the responsible person. Sure. And they're like, All right, here's the envelope. This is the envelope that has the award and the award you're giving is best product. Yeah. And I guess that means best weed product or something. Yeah. And so he said, here's how we do it at our award shows. We give out third, second, and first, right? So you'll read uh, you'll read third place winner, second place winner, then you read the first place winner, and then that first place winner will come on stage and accept the award, like in the Oscars. Yeah. Right? Great. Okay. I put the card in my pocket. Well, actually, you know what I did? I started to open the card, and the guy's like, whoa, wait, what are you doing? What are you doing? 
And I was like, uh, I was just going to check it to see, you know, I could pronounce it. And he goes, no, 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 you, you don't know. You don't want to know who the winner is or whatever. I was like, okay, okay, fine. And I put the card back in my pocket. And you like preparation. I like preparation. I like to know. And so, um, all right. But I guess in the Oscars, they don't get to pre-read it, right? So they're, the guy's right. And I think some of you guys gave me shit for it, too. Not me. I never give you shit. And so, uh, so the show starts... Uh, there's a little little musical number, and then it's like, "Ladies and gentlemen, Broken Lizard," and we walk out there, and it's f- and it's a fucking roar, like they're fucking going crazy. Yeah. But everyone's baked. Yeah. There's a huge cloud. There's like you know people in like bumblebee outfits and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, that dude no, came on yeah. stage. We brought him on stage yeah. the second time. So um so anyway uh we do a little song and dance. We and then we didn't we didn't do a song and dance, but we said some jokes and whatever it was, and then get to the award thing. And so I open the card up. And uh, I prepare to read the card, and I look at the card, and on the card is written third place, so-and-so, second place, so-and-so, third place, so-and-so. Yeah. So there's no first place. It was third place, second place, third place. They tricked themselves. And I'm looking at this thing now, and I'm like, okay, what the fuck? Do I start from the top and go down or the bottom and go up? Yeah. I don't know what's third. I don't know what's first. Somebody's won here. I don't know who it is. Yeah. And I'm standing on this stage, and so I read, third place, so-and-so. And all of a sudden, over the loudspeaker comes a pissed-off voice. Yeah. It's the like, guy we, who gave you the card. The guy who gave you the card is like, we told you to read third place first. And I was like, I did read third place. <laughs> I know. You got, I read third place. Now, Kevin is actually saying this into the mic. Like, yeah. he and the voice of God are arguing on stage. <laughs> and I was like, there are two third places on this card. And I showed it to the DJ. I showed it to all you guys. Yeah. I showed it to the crowd. Then the guy came out. The guy comes out with a pen. And looked at it. Sure enough, he was wrong. He admitted he was wrong. Yeah. Then he crossed out. He scribbled it out. Yeah. And wrote what was it supposed to be. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then he left. And then I, so then I announced it. It was like, start over again. And so, basically, the guy who won already knew that he won because I read his name first. Yeah. Uh, but then, so we read it. We got off stage. And then uh, the next guy well, yeah. went out to go give the award. Some other guy reading the second award. And we're standing backstage, and he gives, a, gives out his award, and he comes off stage, and he's, like, all pale looking. Yeah. And we're like, what's up, dude? He's like, dude, I got out there, and I opened the card. And it had third place, second place, third place. <laughs> I know. And I read it wrong. I yeah. was like, nah, same thing happened to me. Don't worry about it. But. Yeah, which is hilarious because, like, <laughs> we and we were laughing our asses off about it because we had been on the plane. We'd been telling all those guys about the foibles of the Stony Awards. Yeah. And sure enough, it just continued. They could not get their shit together. It didn't stop there. No. But I would, I, I would like to say, so, so this is our first day. <clears throat> and it was funny because I think this was Ivan... Our tour manager, this is the first time he went on the road with us. Yeah. <clears throat> and he was already frustrated with us because, like, you know, he, it's like he would tell, give us times for meetings in general and, like, phone calls and, like, half the guys don't show up or guys are 30 minutes late or whatever it is. Right. And it's like, you know, he's an MIT guy. He's very punctual. <laughs> and you He know, has not dealt with the lizard in No, this I way. mean, it's like in the past, we know he's dealt with, like, Rob Thomas from the Veronica Mars campaign, <laughs> or, like, right. LeVar Burton for Reading Rainbow, but, like, one guy who's probably responsible. But, like, you know, it's like when, it's like when I waited tables, and, like, you know, in the, the family meal is what's, that's what's called after the waiters have set up, they all eat dinner together and go over the specials and taste some wines and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And, you know, the, the like, the, 
the manager would sometimes be like, like we'd be talking to each other and ignoring him or like we'd be pounding the wine for the wine tasting and like not even like trying to test it out <laughs> and, like, right, right. where they'd give us samples of the dishes and be like all right uh, you know here you go and we'd just fucking wolf them down and he'd always be like like what's wrong with you guys like why can't you fucking listen for a second and we're like what's wrong with us yeah we're fucking waiters right like if we were responsible people we'd have real jobs <laughs> just know that and that's the way i think ivan was thinking about us like right. it's hard to contain us and then when you go on the road with us yeah and like their whole thing is like I mean, we've experienced this with Fox Searchlight on the Super Troopers tour, Warner Brothers on the Beer Fest tour. Yeah. Where they tell us, like, hey, you guys are going to start partying with people. That's your job. But then they expect us to function like normal human beings. Like, right. So this first day, Ivan says, okay, you guys are going to go to the Cannabis Cup, do all that thing. Right. Hang out with people, do what you do. And right. Then, Take uh, pictures, you know. Yeah. Brush the flesh. Shake hands. Like, yeah. you know, we're going to have some meet and greet. And then... um. At 9 p.m., we're going to have a meeting back here to talk about all of tomorrow's stuff. <laughs> One minute into the thing, like, each of us has probably smoked, like, five different types of weed. We started... I went and got us beers because, like, my mouth was fucking parched. Sure. And now, you know, it's like we're partying, but it's like work partying. Yeah, I mean, it's not like... I mean, taking pictures with people and shit. Yeah. Right? And then we... So, then we wind up canceling. Like, we know we're not going back to the thing at 9 yeah. o'clock. Yeah. Our handler, Liz, is getting annoyed with us. <laughs> Ivan is super pissed off at us. He's like, okay, fine, but we're going to meet at 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> right. Which is like, okay, I mean, you can say that to us, but, like, we're all going to be right. late. Because we're all going to wake up at, like, 8.59. Yeah. And, and you, can't uh, ta- you can't say to us that your job is to socialize with these people and then tell us that, you know, and then get mad at us for socializing with these people. Sure. You can't do that. Now, only, and, and only, uh, we're only grousing because... It's more comical than anything else. Right. And, I, and I think for Ivan, you know, like he was very annoyed with us down in Denver at the Cannabis Cup. Right. But I think he finally learned. You just I think so. I mean, I think that the Chandra Sekar story mirrors that one we just told about the uniforms and that like when it said, hey, when we were told, let's go to Cannabis Cup. Yeah. And we were figuring out the schedules and whatever. Chandra Sekar was like, yeah, let's do it. We'll go. Yeah. I'll host that show. Well, that's when they, when they were like, and they want you to host. Like, yeah. Nobody jumped on that. Jay was like, I'll fucking host yeah. it. It's going to be great. Yeah. And so then we all jumped on board. Yeah. And then Chandra had like had a family thing. He actually ended up having to leave. Yeah. Uh, you know, after being there for about six hours, the guy had to fucking leave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he bailed on it. Yeah, which Ivan wasn't too psyched about. Yeah. But then, so yeah, then that first night, then we uh, like, so we didn't go back to the hotel to work afterwards. No. We went to meet up with some friends of ours, uh, our buddy Martin Starr yep. and uh, and um, Cheech was out there. Cheech was uh, there. Matt Bush was there. Yeah. Uh, my manager was there, mm-hmm. and uh, so we went out. We met them out for dinner, a nice steak dinner, and uh, you know, wine was flowing, beer was flowing. Our friend Charlie Berger from the Denver uh, Beer Company showed up, and uh, like we went out to a bar afterwards. There was no way we were. <laughs> no, no way. No, you can't do that. It's like, okay, fine, we'll work tomorrow. We had all day until our screening. Our screening was at like 4.20. And so the idea was we'll get up the next day and we'll work and we'll do uh, all day long. And we did. We got up, we worked, you know, we met up at 9.30 and we worked all day long. Yeah. And then we went to the screening. And the screening was a repeat of the the clusterfuck of the earlier shit. Yeah. Because we get to the screening. And uh, come to realize they have no uh, means of showing Super Troopers. They didn't bring a Blu-ray player. <laughs> There's nothing. 
And uh, we look at our guys, Ivan and those guys, and he's like, look, we've been trying to do a tech run through with these guys since 10 o'clock this morning, and we can't get anyone on the phone, and no one will do it, and whatever it is. And so we get to the screening, and the room is fucking packed. Packed. There's got to be about 400, 500 people and in people that thing. smoking weed. And there's smoking weed in a room, and they're ready to watch Super Troopers 1. Yeah. And so the plan is we would do the screening, and we'd do a Q&A. And so they have no way to do it, right? And so finally, Ivan scrambles and gets the way to do it, finds a way to do it, and uh, calls us into the room to announce the movie. Yeah. And we get up there, and everyone's smoking, and everyone's baked, and we're like, hey, guys, thanks very much for coming out. We're going to come do a Q&A after the screening. You guys are awesome. Enjoy the film. We'll see you in a little bit. Yeah. Boom. We start walking off. Come to realize the tech thing is all fucked up. The movie won't screen. Yeah. So now Ivan scrambling. He's downloading shit from the internet. We're like, we're vamping. Yeah. And we decide we're going to fill that space. Yeah. With a Q and A, which happens to go on for another half an hour, as people kind of stream out of there. And what you realize is at the Cannabis Cup, a Q and A <laughs> is a comical thing at the Cannabis Cup. Because half the people are looking at you with a blank stare at your face. Oh, they have no idea. And then you could also say the funniest fucking thing in the world, and you're just getting a blank stare. Yeah. Like a stone stare. And they might be laughing on the inside, oh, but yeah. it's well, not a responsive audience. Well, there was the one guy who was like, he was like, so Super Troopers 2, like, at the end of the first one, you were uh, local cops. Is it going to start with you being local cops? And then, like, we said, the story is going to pick up where we left off. I um, mean, it's a few years later, obviously, but that's the deal. And about 30 minutes later, he raised his hand again and asked the same exact fucking question. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you got to be fucking kidding me, dude. It's literally the exact same I know. question. Same guy. So we vamped for a while, yeah. and then we did the screening, and then uh, afterwards, we, you know, we did answered more, more questions and, and, uh, and science posters. Yeah, we vamped for like 45 minutes. We did. We did. We vamped for a long time. And it wasn't a big deal because we can go out there and bullshit for a while it was the not knowing like the not knowing if the movie was ever actually really going to show just standing out yeah. there and so ultimate did and, and it all went went well and then i mean as well can be expected and then we went and we had an after party yeah and that was a comedy of errors also in the sense like we couldn't kind of figure out if the party had started or where it was and we finally got in there and for the first 25 minutes the fire alarm went off and yeah the, and take a, a room with like 15 stoners and then put a blaring fire alarm uh, in there for like yeah. a half an hour? Yeah. Done. You're well, done. Well, that was part of the thing, too. Like, Cheech, <laughs> Cheech came. Like, he was, he was our guest of honor. And he was like, I'm fucking out of here. Like, <laughs> I mean, he had a headache. And yeah. he finally came back in. And, like, I was hanging out with him because I felt bad. And sure. It was, it was kind of embarrassing. Like, sure. We invited Cheech to our party, and then it's yeah. fucking going crazy. Yeah. And this is not a reflection. Again, this is not a reflection on, like, anything. It was just, like... It just seems to be the way that these pot smoking events go. I mean, yeah. this is like this is a separate bar that's not affiliated with the Cannabis Cup. This fire alarm's fucking going off, and like, you know, we're all we all got a little tense. And plus, it's like, <laughs> you know, I mean, like we were having fun talking to all the people who showed up, but then like the bar opened their doors to like random people. Yeah. And now all of a sudden the place was fucking jam packed. Yeah, there's weed everywhere, and the music was super loud. And some dude had a shotgun. Oh my Remember God. that guy? Got it for, yeah, like a sh- it was like a literally it was like a glass shotgun. Yeah, that he packed weed into, and then he would shoot it into your mouth. Yeah, and he so then that was the one. Beat I was thing. running away from that guy. I he caught me. Yeah, but that was the one beat thing was that like 
anytime somebody would be like, hey, man, you want to smoke this? And you'd light up a joint. All of a sudden, there'd be some dude there with a video camera like filming you. It's I like, know. Come on. That's what I was talking about earlier where it's like it, it seems to be counterintuitive to the stoner world. Is like they were so kind of hell-bent on self-promotion and like promotion of the pot culture. Yeah. That it became a little anxiety inducing. Sure, you're supposed I to be felt laid like. back and they're being super uptight. Like they're shoving shit in your face and there's also there's a camera and a light and you're like, uh, uh, stop. And then the shotgun guy, so the guy was like, yeah, you know, do it here, do this, like take the size bong hit you want. It uh, It's just going to shoot it right into your lungs. And I was like, oh, maybe it's like a shotgun where it's like it's just in there and it's nice and smooth. And literally I do the thing and it's like somebody blew my head off. Like literally I heard like a boom. <laughs> Exactly. My head fucking snapped back, and like I started coughing, and I was like, "That." I told you, I was like, "That wasn't pleasant at all." He probably laughed. He starts laughing. Yeah. He's like, "I know, it's a shotgun blast." I'm like, "Who the fuck on earth wants to have that experience a second time?" And I'm not talking like a little thing. I'm talking like Elmer Fudd's gun. You know what I'm saying? Fucking shotgun. Like a gigantic, cartoony fucking shotgun. Yeah. It blew with glass tubes. Yeah. It fucking blew my head off. Like it knocked (laughs) my head back. I know. It was not pleasant at all. Um, so yeah, so that was that. And then, okay. So then a couple more things happened. So then we had to, our flight was like 1230 or like noon or something like that. Yeah. And they were like, you know, let's, we're going to go to the airport at 930. And we're like, no, 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 come on. 1230, like yeah, three hours before our flight. Come yeah, on. Yeah. We're like, let's meet at 10. Yeah. But, you know, bought ourselves an extra 30 minutes, you know, within broken lizard, we have the thing, which is like. Like, 10 minutes easy. Like, everybody gets 10 minutes free lateness. Yeah. Somebody shows up at 10, 10, not even you say anything to them. Right. 10, 15, you know, it's like, that's, now you're starting to push it. 10, 20 is when somebody will, like, you know, maybe raise an eyebrow. 10, 30, you're like, hey, what happened? What no the phone fuck? call? Yeah. You know, 45 minutes, like, dude, come on, what the fuck? <laughs> right. So, like, I get down there at 10, 15. I'm 15 minutes late. Everybody's down there, and Ivan is fucking pissed off at me. Oh, yeah. Super He's furious. Yeah. And... It's because what they didn't tell us was that Ivan's flight was much earlier. An hour earlier than ours. And he was going to share the van with us. But like when we said 10 o'clock, they, didn't, they neglected to mention that, well, you know, Ivan's flight is at 1130. Right. And Ivan, still not having learned anything from the first uh, 36 <laughs> hours, uh, relied but on us. everyone said the same time. thing to him, though. It was like, why the fuck didn't you tell us? Yeah. If you told us, we would have done 930. Yeah. Like, or- I was literally standing down there. I was the first lizard down there. Yeah. And um, I, Ivan is so anxious. I'm like, what are you so anxious for? He's like, get to the airport. He says, if you guys aren't here, in f- if the rest of you guys aren't here in five minutes, I'm getting in a cab, going. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck's the problem? We're all flying back to LA together. Who gives a shit? And he's like, no, no, I have an earlier flight. And I was like, has it always been an earlier flight? And he's like, yeah. So an hour earlier than your flight. And I was like, well, then why didn't we you leave earlier for the airport? He's yeah. like, I tried to leave earlier for the airport. I told you guys to meet it at. He goes, I said, you didn't fucking tell us that you're on a different flight. Yeah. Why didn't you tell us? He said, you guys already have too many details in your head. I didn't need to give you any more details. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's your fucking problem because if you had told us, we would have made sure that we were here in order to get you to your flight. Yeah, I mean, that's a crucial thing. Or you should have just taken a cab then. And then that same conversation happened three times <laughs> three times yeah. after that, the same exact conversation. I'm like, Why the fuck didn't you tell us? Yeah, he was pissed. And, <laughs> and he still maintains that he was, he was in the right. But I guess when he, <laughs> he made it to the airport... Uh, his gate was closed. The plane had pulled away from the the gate, but he got it to come back somehow. I don't know who right. he talked to, but they came. I back. will sue you if that plane does not come back here. Yeah, and so I was giving him shit at the uh, at, at our final countdown. Like he told me to show up at the office like two thirty, and he wasn't even there. Right, and I was like, as a joke, because I found it like so ridiculous how mad he would get about these things. 
as a joke. I was like, you know what? I'm not friends with you anymore because you know you told me to be here two thirty. He's like, no, no, no. And then we got into it about the plane thing again. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, I had to. I the plane pulled away from the gate. I had to. I had to, uh, uh, you know, have somebody bring it back. I was like, oh, so you made it on the plane, though? He's like, yeah. And I was like, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> so there you go. No harm, no foul. I had another thing, and I don't know if I told you this, but like... The canvas cup thing? Well, we had, yeah, canvas cup. We had gone to that, like, barcade type place. Yeah, right. So after we, we had dinner, we went to a bar that was also an arcade. Yeah, on the first night, on the 19th. Yeah. That was and fun. Had all kinds of old games and stuff. Great old games. You played Robotron, your favorite Robotron? Yep, played Robotron. Kicked at, you kicked some ass? Uh, first time in a long time, yeah. you know. And... Um, we went there, and I had, like, a, a bag with, like, the sweatshirts and, you know, the things that I, I was going to bring home right. to the hotel. And I, you know, I went to play some video games, and I left them on the bar. And then Jay, you know, Jay was there, and he, like, thought everybody left. Right. So he took my stuff with him to the hotel. And then, you know, he texted. I was like, oh, no, we're still here at the bar. And he's like, well, I've got your stuff. And I said, you can just leave it outside my hotel room. Yeah. And so the next day. Like, that's going to happen. So, the, no, the, in the morning, like, when I stepped out on the 20th in the morning, he was, he... For the, by the rec, for the record, Jay missed his flight to Colorado and got on a later flight, and then he missed his flight out of Colorado <laughs> right. and got on a later flight. But he did uh, drop the bag off with my clothes in it, with oh, my right. new sweatshirt and stuff. And so, um, you know, I packed, and like I like to pack the night, like uh, when we get back, you know, before I go to sleep, I pack so right. that I can just wake up and know everything is there. Right. And uh, I got up and I just did like a final double check and I was like, my bag stinks like weed, uh-huh. like big time. And I looked in the the pocket of one of the sweatshirts and you know, like we got so much free weed oh, handed God. to us. It's unbelievable. Jay had taken all the free weed he'd gotten and put it in the pocket of the sweatshirt. Okay. In a plastic bag. Uh-huh. And given it to me and like I packed it. And luckily it stunk so bad that I went in there, but like there was a chance I was going to go to the airport and go through security with like a half an ounce <laughs> of weed. But on like, my person. how how many times on that Monday do you think that happened in Denver thing that some dude fucking walked through with? I mean, they must have had a a garbage can full of of accidental. I forgot to take the weed out. Oh weed. man, it's true. And I guess the thing I is, mean, like, unbelievable amount. And we yeah. all had pockets full of fucking weed. Yeah, and truthfully, there it's legal, so it's not like you're committing a crime. Yeah, by carrying it. Well, it's that's uh, a federal the federal aviation. I guess so. Uh, you know, you're like, oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so that almost happened to me. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was the cannabis cup was a big one. It was. I mean, but, but we, we 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 joke about it, but it was fun. I mean, it's obviously it was a thing. It was a memorable weekend going to the U.S. Cannabis Cup. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it was fun. We in have the, fun stories in the that. convention center. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so that was that. What other? What, what was some- uh, the telethon? We should talk about the telethon. Telethon was great. Um, How long have we been going for? Anyway, uh, we're about fifty-five minutes. Holy shit! Yeah. All right, we'll try to go quicker. Um, the telethon, telethon was, was amazing. Like I, I honestly, when someone pitched it, I was like, "Yeah, that's never gonna happen." No, I remember you were fucking skeptical. Yeah, I was like, "Telethon." I, I think, I think it was while I was on vacation. That somebody pitched it, and then I kind of came back into it as it was already brought up, and I was like, "Who's going to fucking rally that thing?" Yeah, well, the, the the truth was, and just to let people behind the curtain, I would say on any given day, two of us were in terrible moods, and it wasn't <laughs> because that's the way we are normally. It was just like this was so much work for us, yeah, and like we didn't realize what we were getting ourselves into, and the nature of what it is is that sh- stuff is happening on the fly, yeah. And so it's like, you know, for me, literally, we would have press every morning, like we'd shoot a video or like do some interview. And like, I know I would, I'd come out and I would see a text from Ivan, which would say, 
Um, so what's your schedule like for the rest of the day? Which is just like the, the worst question to see. Because <laughs> I know what he wants is for me to start writing stuff. Right. And so like, you know, people were always cranked. Plus we'd have like daily call-ins. You know, it's like, you know, on Saturdays and Sundays you're with your family. You're like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know this was going to happen. Right. And so like, yeah, you were on vacation. Yeah. And we're talking about a telethon and you were particularly resistant. Well, I was like... What are you talking about? I don't even understand. Are you saying we're having like a variety show? What are you like? We're gonna fucking put together a, a acts and yeah, stuff for like seven know? hours live on TV. What right. are we doing here? Right. And uh, but yeah, Kevin Pereira, yeah, graciously offered to host the entire event. Right at his awesome space in, in North space Hollywood that he owns yeah. with Greg Gunberg. Yeah. And uh, and and we, to host it and to host it yeah. Yeah. and uh, and the idea was hey let's get. Tons of guests to come down and musicians yeah. and and do a, do a bit of a variety show. Yeah, and uh, it's funny because like the musical part to me was one, was the best part about the show. Yeah, um, just because it was so different than everything else we had done. And uh, I wish we'd had more musical acts. We actually had a lot of musical acts uh, cancel out. Yeah, we had a couple us, guys bailing us. Yeah, uh, at the last second. Um, but no, we had Kyle Newacek, um who's new band Fade Up, Fade Out, Bye Bye. Was great and uh, they and they, they were, were great. so good. They were so fun and uh, uh, you know they were gung ho. You know it was never a problem. It was like we'll be there. I was like, and then I, at one point we find out that we had no like amps and no drums. We found that out the morning up. Yeah, and I was like, he's like, no problem. We'll do an acoustic set. It'd be great. I'm like, fucking great. Thanks, dude. And then they came down. They were on time. They were there. Yeah. And then they played, and they would have played longer. I mean, you know, they uh, nailed it. They fucking nailed I it. I periscoped those dudes. Yeah, it was great, and uh, it was funny because that's that's when uh, my kids started watching. Which what happened was my wife was working that night, and so uh, uh, my their aunt was with them, their aunt Kelly, and she wasn't sure if she should let them watch the telethon. Yeah. And then my she texted my wife. I was like, "Yeah, don't worry about it. They, they can watch it." Oh man, and so that's they crazy. Talk. They tune in as Kyle Newcheck is singing about his balls. Yeah, the balls being cheesy, right? And my my son's like balls, <laughs> his balls. Well, let me tell you something. Your son is a fucking filthy dude. I know, and we're gonna get to that. I know it. I know he is. And then and then I was like, okay, so they're watching now. And then he went into a um, a song about his cum. Yeah, and I was like, okay. <laughs> And later on, I asked uh, I asked uh, Kelly. I said, "Is that?" And she's like, "They didn't. She didn't. They didn't really understand what they were." Yeah. Well, I'm sure somebody like, turned the thing off. Oh wait. Yeah. So they heard the cum song. Well, I think they they started into it because they, yeah, they got all the way up to me calling people chicken fuckers. Yeah. And they watched that, and then then they Fantastic. turned it off. They turned it off before they got to do Ritz and everyone smoking weed on camera. <laughs> I mean, so. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So let's just let's just finish up the live performance. So, so yeah. we, we had we had uh, uh, Kyle Newcheck and his band playing live, and then we had um, Jesse Hughes close everything out. Yeah. With uh, a few songs. Yep. Um, the first of which I came out of my bulletproof jockstrap. Right. And Jesse's Eagles of Death Metal. Jesse right. Hughes, lead singer of Eagles of Death Metal, and then we did a, a group version of Taking Care of Business. Right. Acoustic. Acoustic, unplugged. Yeah, and then um, you did a bunch of chicken fuckers to close the uh, yeah to close the show out. Well, we did. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the chicken fuckers on the way out. On the way out. Um, but yeah, so like leading up to that, we had a lot of uh, celebrities showed up live. It was a, it, it was pretty amazing because I I didn't think we would rally, but it got to the point where everyone 
got a bunch of guys to come. I think everyone, and then uh, and an amazing array of, of of videos from people who couldn't be there. Yeah. Uh, and you were like, "Holy shit, this thing really came together." And some people actually called in as well, like skyped in. Yeah. Um, you know, like some of the some of the highlights for me. First of all, I want to thank Brian Quinn from Impractical Jokers. Yeah. Who like you know we met Brian. Many years ago, when we were acting in, in uh, Brian Big Lynch's Dog. Big yep. Helium Dog. And he was working for Viewskew. And now, you know, he started a, a comedy group. I think they're called the Tenderloins. Yep. And they got in Practical Jokers. And Practical Jokers is one of the funniest things on TV right when now. When is Quinn coming on our show? Uh, they're going to be out here in a couple weeks. Okay. And he and Sal, I think, are going to come on Great. the show. We've got to get him on um, here. But Quinn, of like, I mean, we had so many people who helped out, and I'm, and I'm not uh, trying to diminish yeah. anything anybody else. Well, we can else. go through the list. We can talk about it, you know? I mean, just but people Quinn, who came. Quinn was an all-star. Like, Quinn was retweeting us and tweeting us on his own voluntarily without being asked. Yeah. He shot the video, even though they had some crazy shit going down. Like, he shot uh, a, a, a hilarious video. Did you see his video? Yeah. A hilarious video. Where it was like... Uh, I won't give it away. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, and and you, and by the way, you can go to supertroopers 2 moviecom and see all the videos, and brokenlizard.com and see all the videos. And yeah, and like uh, this entire, also this entire telethon is posted on our YouTube page. Yeah, the telethon. So like you can go to the Broken Lizard YouTube page or to supertroopers2movie.com, and you can watch the entire telethon. Yeah, which you know, I mean, there's some great fucking shit, you know, that uh, was in there, and the, the and just the guests. Read off the guest. Just go um, down that list. Okay. Well, we had uh, Jill Vigman and Julia Walloff came on. Uh, we had Max Greenfield from uh, New Girl. Yeah. He was very funny. Uh, Nat Faxon, our friend Nat Faxon mm-hmm. from Mary, Clifton Collins Jr., Jacob Vargas from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Uh, our friend Ryan Sickler, Isaiah Mustafa, uh, Sam Levine. Yeah. Uh, Hayes MacArthur. By the way, people know Isaiah Mustafa as the Old Spice The Old man. Spice guy, right? Hayes MacArthur and Colton Dunn. Yep. Uh, Greg Grunberg. Sure. Also, Chris Reed from Sons of Anarchy. Chris Reed. Nick Thune. Uh, Kyle Newcheck, like we said. Roday. Uh, uh, James Roday. Yeah. Uh, we had Adam, Adam Devine. 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 Adam Devine. Adam Devine. Adam Devine. Adam Devine. Was, was, was Devine. Devine Adam Devine was, came by. He, he was, was great. hilarious. He took off his shirt. And flexed. He immediately took a shirt off. I guess he's 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 going to make a movie with uh, Zac Efron soon, and so he's trying to get buff. Yeah, and it didn't take him two seconds to get his shirt off. Oh no, that shirt came right off. Right off, man. He was like, that was a highlight. Uh, uh, there, Candace Smith. Candace Smith was a highlight. Tony Horton. Horton was P ninety X. Tony Horton. Yeah. Philippe. Mm-hmm. Brendan Kinmeyer. Yep, you know him as the German swinger from Super Troopers. And we had uh, Steve Zaragoza. Yeah. From uh, SourceFed? Yeah. Is that right, SourceFed? SourceFed, yeah. That was kind of weird. He like started doing a dance. Well, and he then... brought his friend with him who, who had a dance, and then everyone joined in on it. And it was like, I was like, okay, let's cut this dance off. But like all of a sudden, our, our viewership started going up. Yeah. It was... And I was like, yeah, but seriously, let's cut the thing out. And the viewership kept going up. Skyrocketing. And I'm like, what are, what's going on? Because you could see who, you know, how many people are watching. Yeah. And, and they're loving like, that Get thing. out here. Get out. You guys got to join this thing. So we went and joined it. Did I say Sam Levine? You did say Sam Levine. Uh, and then uh, Elon Lee, guy who created the, the uh, card game. Yeah, Exploding Kittens. Exploding Kittens. That Gabe, the musician. I mean, the uh, magician. Yeah, Gabe Dylan. Great. Yeah, his tricks are awesome. I, you know, because I love magic, and I'm the one who invited on the, on the show. He's, he's the magician for uh, getting Doug with High, by the okay. way, to put uh, it all in perspective. And um, 
I've I love his magic tricks and I love magic. I yeah. love magic tricks. And I was bummed because I had to do something else while that was going on. Okay. Oh, I know what it was. I think I had to, I was changing into my bulletproof jock strap during Okay. I did, I did the magic tricks with them and they were amazing. I could hear you guys screaming like, "Whoa!" I mean, like he literally put me in the middle of a magic trick and I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I was skeptical going into it and then I was like, "Holy shit. Wait, a minute." Yeah, he does some great stuff. There were some great there were some great dial-ins. Like Adam Duritz from Counting Crows. I missed that one. Now what? He's, I was doing chicken fuckers at that point. What was the He Skyped in from his living room. Okay. With like a bunch of people in New York? In New York City and okay. they were fucked up. Yeah. And it was well, They were just partying at his house or something? They were partying at his house, some guys, some girls. And it's like it was funny cuz like the first row of people, they were like, you know, hey, what's up? You know, he's introducing people. But then like a girl walked by. She's like, "Who is that? That you're sc- like, who is that on your computer?" Mm-hmm. In like the middle of the day, it was just a, it was just fucking great, and they, like they were just hammered, right? And uh, so that was a highlight. My favorite one, I have to say, yeah, was when Mark Feuerstein. Oh yeah, Feuerstein, Royal Pains. He he skyped in, and Kevin, like you've talked about him on this podcast before, and people yep. know him. He's on Royal Pains. Uh, he and I were uh, high school friends, and. You and he have a little history together. Well, this is the first interaction I've had with him since that incident I had with him. Yeah, so to catch people... To catch people... And, I w- and what happened was I was able to tell him what the incident was, which he totally denied, but, you know... Well, I was surprised that Jay just put you on the spot like that. Yeah, and then... Because and then, everyone knows the story of our friends, and then, like... I heard, like, Soder from the other room going, holy shit, and Soder ran, and he's like, I gotta see this. Yeah, for people who don't know, it's very quickly, the version is, uh, you know, Kevin went for an audition for Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And and Feuerstein was in there uh, in the audition, in the waiting room, slurping, like, a big gulp and hitting on Linda Cardellini and trying to psych Heffernan out, saying, like, what role are you going for? How are you going to play this? That's all wrong. I'm, I'm playing it right. I'm going to get this part over you. And have it was you. an unsettling uh, interaction with Mark Feuerstein and my first uh, interaction with him. Yeah. And from that day on, I've always you know, been interested in, in having the moment to discuss that with him someday. Yeah. yeah. And because uh, I know you know him from school. You guys went to school together. Yeah. And so now Feuerstein's on Skype during the telethon, which people can go and watch. Yeah. And uh, I got the uh, uh, the opportunity to recount the story to him. Yeah. Which he totally denied. He denied it. And as they said, he never tried out for that movie. Yeah. Which is bullshit, because I was yeah. there. And uh, it was fun to have that, but I want I wanted a better... Like, I wanted more of a face-to-face discussion about it. Yeah. Because the, 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 the forum allowed him the ability to get off the hook easily. Sure. And also because, like, you don't know him, so it's hard for you to just give him shit about something which, right. you know, left an impression. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but that was one of my... That was, one that of was my a ideas. great one. And then also, I have to say, so people haven't seen this one yet. It's, in the next few days, it's coming up. It's gonna be, we're going to show it on our, on our website. Um, Stolhansky... So, like, m- one of my original man crushes <laughs> is this guy, Ron Moss, who played... <laughs> A character named Ridge Forrester on the soap opera The Bold and the Beautiful for years. And now, wait a minute. Like, you did you watch it religiously or something like that? Or No, but it was one of those things. It was like, you know, that first year after school had ended. Um, yeah. When I had dropped out. Uh-huh. I remember it's like, you know, like, we'd just be hanging out, like, channel surfing during the day. You know I mean? Like, a lot of times, like, I'd wake up at your guy's house on the weekdays at, like, noon or something like that. <laughs> right. Like, 
nobody's around. I turn on the TV set, and like I remember this one time, I I went by this soap opera, The Bold and the Beautiful, and there was this guy on screen, and he was so comically, ridiculously soap opera good looking. Yeah, like, he his caught your jaw eye. Couldn't have been more square. He made you double take, and it was like. I didn't really have a man crush on him, like, say, the way I did on, like, Sam Elliott. Right. Where I was like, dude, Sam Elliott's the fuck so rad. Like, this was more of, like, a funny man crush. Right. I just became so fascinated with him. I found him hilarious because also, like, his voice was so, like, his voice was comical and, like, and in the soap opera, he just fucks everybody. Like, right. And in some of the best ways, too. Like, in one episode, there was a woman who tricked him by sending him an email okay. from his wife saying it was okay for him to fuck this woman. Did they have emails back then? Uh, yeah, or maybe it was a telex. Okay. I don't know. A letter? But, okay. like, he, in the soap opera, then he goes and fucks the woman without double-checking with his wife. Right. Oh, oh really? Or writing back to her, like, <laughs> oh, really? That happened to you, didn't it? And then he, yeah, a few times. <laughs> but then he gets in trouble for it. And, you know, it's like, but they had this guy banging everything. Sure. He was always fucking people. Right. And I just love this guy. And then, like, I did some research on him. It turns out he used to play with, like, Clapton. Like, he's, he's, uh, he was in a group called Player that sings like a song. Like, he was a guitar player? Or he was a- he's a bass player for the group Player okay. that sings, Baby, come back. <laughs> Any kind of fool can see. I was wrong, and I just can't live without you. A baby come back. Anyway, he's in that group. You can blame it all on me. Yeah, turns out Stolhansky like knew a guy who's like, oh yeah, my friend used to be in that group player. Right. Turns out this guy's multi talented, man. He got Ron Moss to send a video to make a video that's like, I hear there's a guy named Steve Lemmy who's got a man crush on me. <laughs> it's like it's like a dream. It's come great. True. I saw the video. It's fantastic. I've been talking about meeting this guy for like 15 years. Right, and there it is. Boom. And there it is. You owe Stolhansky for that one, I man. I do. I do. So we've got that great video. Uh, Chris Hardwick was nice enough to send a video Hardwick in. Hardwick was. It great. was great. And uh, Dulé Hill, Danny Pudi uh, uh, skyped in. Yeah. Um, I, I, the funny one to me is the other Royal Pains guy, Paul Costanzo. He yeah. skyped in, but I think he didn't know what he was getting himself into. <laughs> I know. I thought he was just going to be talking to Jay. Yeah, because he was, uh, and there was a lot of like he was like, uh, like, uh, and how are you? What's going? What's up? Uh, yeah. Things are good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And how the family's good? <laughs> and, like, and then we'd make fun of him. Yeah. And we don't even know him. We didn't know. Him. He's but, a good sport. Though. But that was the thing. That was like there were a lot of people who'd come in that like uh, you didn't know that somebody else was friends with. Right. And you know you didn't know. Like, Max Greenfield from New Girl came in, and what I meant to say yeah. was, like, isn't there a time where, like, the show's so successful, it's been on the sh- on the air so much, that you can't call her the new girl in town anymore? So, like, the joke I made was, like, is there ever a time where it's going to be, like, she's going to be called, like, it's going to be old girl? <laughs> and people were like, whoa, like, yeah, you know, like, and then it was like, I j- I'm sitting next to the guy I've just met. Sure, him. you don't like, know him. I was like, I didn't mean it like that. I, just, I would just, I didn't, uh, Rodin He was a good up. sport. He was a good sport. Yeah. Yeah, Rodé showed up. He was. Uh, he seemed to be a little tired. <laughs> Rodé was. A, I think Rodé was overwhelmed by the like. We brought him in. I don't think he expected to, it to be that kind of a circus that was going on. Yeah. And then we threw him onto camera with us, and I think Adam Devine at the time, and uh, it was it was a it oh, was yeah. it was rabid. Yeah, so that was that. And then Weaver was another fun. We skyped with oh, Weaver. Our he friend Mike Hawaii. Weaver from Super Troopers. Um. Anyway, so that so so that was great. Um. 
The telethon was just yeah. just great. Another highlight for me was um, the Dodgers game that we went to. Dodgers game was great. To throw out the first pitch. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, in Super Troopers uniforms. In Super Troopers uniforms, but I didn't mind it. It's it's not the same as like when people don't know you. Like now, yeah. I mean, the whole stadium cheered for us. Yeah, they loved it. And uh, they gave us Dodgers uniforms that had our name, like Mac Farva, on the, awesome. on the ba- back of them. The only thing is, I don't think I'll ever wear that to a game, though. It kind of puts the bullseye on you. you know yeah, I mean? you don't want to do that. Yeah, I love the that. shirt. It's great. Yeah, but, uh, I'm gonna have to wear it around my house in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's a nice material, but like, it is. Uh, you know, you could give it to your kid when he's older. We got the opportunity to meet Jack White. So that was the fun. We met Jack White. He was there. We Fantastic. Hung out with Jack White from the White Stripes. Uh, yeah, and, we're uh, all on tours yeah. and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, uh, he was what there. a good guy. I felt bad for you because like Don Mattingly was there, and he's your idol. I know. And I kept trying to catch his eye. He wouldn't. He never looked. Over. I even got his number on my shirt. You did to fucking kiss up to him. Yeah, to kiss up to him, and I just tried. Yeah. But the Jack White meeting was great because he said uh, we were shooting the shit before the game on the field, and uh, he told us that he went to go see Beer Fest in the theater opening weekend. Yeah. And he said it was him and like his buddy, and then in the front there was like four frat boys. Yeah. And he said he laughed his ass off, but uh, that was cool to hear that Jack White went and saw Beer Fest in the movie theater. Yeah, no, it was great. And just cool to, to meet Jack White also. Um, I thought it was funny. First of all, I will say Mattingly looked fucking great. He looked, he looked kind of grizzled. He looked tan. And he had a good tan. Yeah, he looked good. A little stubble. Um, there were a couple of funny things. Oral Hershiser. Oral Hershiser. I thought Hershiser was hilarious. So, like, we didn't actually, like, necessarily meet. I mean, we took a photo with Oral Hershiser. We he did. He came over. He's like... I hear there's a celebrity here, and went right up to Jack White, and we're like, you know, Oral, we're here too, <laughs> right? And well, no, because he sit, came up to me and said it. Yeah. And then, as I was shaking his hand, I realized he wasn't talking about me. Yeah. He then he immediately moved over to Jack White. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I was like, Oral, I thought you were talking about me and sucking Jack White's dick. Yeah. And he didn't even know who he is. Yeah. I mean, Oral Hershiser is the whitest fucking dude you'll ever meet in your life. Oh my god! And it's like, you know, and it was funny because then he like. You know, there's a group of school kids, like little leaguers there. Yeah. And he's just doing a fucking comedy set. He did. He had the jokes that he tells every group of kids every day. He walks out and says hi to them. Yeah, he did 20 minutes of stand-up comedy for these kids, including the part where he's like, like, there was some kid who had a a baseball hat, and the underside of the brim was not green. It was black. Yeah. And he's like, you see that? I invented that. And then he told the story. He was quick to toot his own horn, that oral Hershiser. He he was, but he, like, the way he looks, he's so awkward and, like, weird looking. It's like, (laughs) it's like your crazy uncle at your party. Like, I invented the black rim of the baseball hat. But at the same time, it was very cool. Like, you you showed the kids how to grip, how he gripped the baseball and the best way to grip the baseball. It was very nice. He had his World Series championship ring on his his finger that he showed all the kids. But it was just, it was just funny because he's right there. He's doing a routine. Another thing I thought was hilarious was um, the umpire that walked by and was like, hey! <laughs> yeah, right. Like one of the major league umpires walked by and gave us a shout-out. And yeah. like, well, that's one dude who smokes pot. Yeah, hey, Blue. There's an umpire who smokes pot. I know, that's great. And then uh, Chandra Sager got to throw the pitch. Did a pretty good job. Chandra Sager throw the pitch. Um, yep. Here's the thing, though. After, uh, we, like, I brought my son, and uh, so did brought his kids, Jay brought his kids. And uh, while we were doing that, that shit, on this field, the Chandler Sekars bought my son an L.A. Dodger hat. Okay. And he has not taken it off since the game. Oh, boy. He wears it to school every day. Oh, there it goes. That's it. I know. It's over. It's and over. He's a Dodgers fan. Well, and he's stepped on the field at Dodger Stadium, not yeah. Yankee Stadium. I know it. So, and he got to meet Yasel Puig. He, he, got, he got like a ball, a great, uh, he, he went Justin Morneau for yeah. the Rockies. Yeah. Who's a friend of ours. Who's a friend of ours, but signed the ball and then turned, and he and Soder's kid went over and got 
Yasiel Puig's uh, autograph. Yeah, I mean... And he has a ball now in his room with Morneau and Puig on it. I mean, those are great autographs. Great autographs. Yeah, and so, you know, and then when you were a kid, like when I was a kid, my dream was to step on that beautiful grass of Yankee Stadium. Uh, Then we also got to read the lineup, the starting lineup. (laughs) Yep, yep. Which was fucking fun. It was great. Yeah. In uniform. In uniform, yeah, it was just fine. And then as we walk into the field, Tommy Lasorda was there. Oh, yeah, I fucking hate Tommy Lasorda. Yeah, no, that's that's a fletch. No, that's a fletch line. Though, right? That's a fletch line. No, I I, I like Tommy Lasorda, and I went up to him and I shook his hand. And as I was shaking his hand, uh, I think it was quite clear that he thought I was a real cop. Yeah, like he had no clue who the fuck I was. Oh, look who's out there in the and dodge. He, and he had a real. Co- he thought I was a real cop. Yeah, uh, we're actually something else that was funny was uh, the safety video that we shot. Um, oh yeah, you know, like the the code of conduct where Jay's talking about like hey and, and nobody uh, don't drink excessively yeah which was kind of funny <laughs> right um, and ironic which um, we were doing no we, we didn't drink kids we are drink. licking the window I know we gotta wrap it up man okay yeah we've been going we're at a buck twenty now here's what the the only thing I'm sad about you know then we did we did a fun uh, final countdown on on Friday night and uh, it's bittersweet for me but. Uh, the somebody bought the bulletproof jockstrap. Oh, Lemmy. Which I like we put it up there for sale because you know, we wanted to help raise money for the campaign. I had a lot of braggadocia. I was like, you know, it's I'd sell it to make the next movie. Like that's but when somebody actually bought it and they were like, Your jock strap sold, I got sad. Oh. I got sad. And somebody actually a couple of people t- tweeted it to me. They're like, You look so heartbroken. You were. It was a, your jaw dropped. Yeah. Well, because it's twenty thousand dollars, first of all. Yeah. But you Held it and smelled it and wore on your head and yeah, you know, everyone took a turn with yeah, it. Everyone tried to get a, a last sense of um, of how what, of that love for that jockstrap. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I, I think the uh, my other favorite thing about the campaign. I know we're wrapping it up. Were the uh, was the let Farva out thing? The daily videos of Farva. Yeah, those are great. Um, People know. can see the final one now. It just it's up now. We let Farva out. Yeah, we did some high tech Benjamin Button shit on it. We that, really did. But the last that. week we really blew it out with the uh, Farva videos. We had the yeah. uh, zombies. We had the zombies. We had uh, Farva's sister. Then we had Mac yeah. fucking Farva's sister. Yeah. yeah, which was fun. Yeah, those were great. Um, those were fun to do. I mean, those are the things you get in the uniform. And then the other thing was, you know, we had one of the perks was people could have a personalized message from Farva in the trunk. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we spent whatever hours shooting like fifty of them. Yeah, and uh, and uh, it was actually pretty fun because you know you got to be a fucking dick. That's it to a lot of people, and and we're, the response we're getting back is great because people are loving the videos that we made. But it was just in, in a chance, you know, hours to improv Farva shit. Yeah, you know, which was fun. No, but that's a nice thing, you know, for people. I guess I'll, I'll just bring it around full circle, like for people who are considering. Uh, I I can't remember if that one is still available, but I know like our uh, like Broken Lizard videos are still up for sale. But like some of the things we send out immediately, like the Farber videos, all went out. Yeah, already the chicken fuckers all went out. I know there's mustache rides is still up. We haven't done those yet. <laughs> right, right. Mustache rides. That that's uh, you know, well, Thorny will uh, tell you. Ask you for more. But those ride. chicken fuckers got. Ri- it was one of those like be careful what you wish for. They got unbelievable. Like people oh were God. loving those things, and uh, and they were fun and like. The night of that countdown, I did 350 I know. chicken fucker uh, it's, messages. It was crazy. Just in a row. I felt bad for you, actually. 350 of them. I felt bad for it's you. It was unbelievable. Yeah, but... but That's I what people like. People liked it, though. But that was also, like, better than it was supposed to be, because really, it was, the way it was advertised, it was like, you're just going to get on and be like, hey, you're a chicken fucker. Yeah. 
But you'd blast off like 150 in a row, and it became like a great fucking bit. Yeah, and everyone was on camera too, which yeah. is, I think, added to it. You know? And now everybody gets those things. And yep. uh, and also, I think it f- at f- is it four or five, four point five million dollars unlocks the documentary, which is going to be like they're going to they're putting together a highlight reel of the, of the countdown of the telethon oh, of great. all this shit. But that documentary is going to be great. It's going to be, be like from now all the way to the final. Oh wow! Like a beer fest. It's going to be like a twenty-hour documentary premiere. Yeah, no, I mean it's going to be fucking great though. It's like it's a great perk. I'm excited to see that thing. I, I kind of want to see some behind-the-scenes footage of that telethon. It was fun. The telethon was great. I can't, and we pulled it off. Yeah, unbelievable. Which was great. And uh, I think that night we raised like $150,000. Yeah. And then um, the night of the countdown, that whole night, that was like $300,000 yeah. that we raised. And uh, Great. At, again, we can't thank you all enough. True Crew, we know a yeah. lot of you donated to, and, uh, to the fund. Um, it was a fun campaign. It really was a lot of people. It really got everyone's juices flowing to get this movie made. Yeah, I mean, we're really just, uh, we're, we're flattered and we're humbled and uh, we're just really appreciative of, uh, of the contributions that people, uh, that people gave. It's your, it's your money and, and you don't have to spend it on us and, and you chose to help us out to get this uh, and movie. And now it's our job to make the best, funniest movie we can. I know. Boom. But, yeah. But anyway, we've been uh, recording this uh, from Tahiti, uh, where we've been vacationing, <laughs> uh, coincidentally. Yeah, a little fund rate, crowdfunding oh, vacation man, $4.4 $4 million. Gets you a lot of pina coladas, you I know, know what I'm saying, Kev? I know it. Just kidding, everybody. No, no, no. We're throwing it all to the movie. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> literally every penny is going to the movie. Yep. Um, okay, everybody. Um, Thanks, everyone. That's a little wrap-up for the campaign. Uh, next week, we got some, we're going to get back with guests. Guests. we got some guests next we week. we got some fun guests starting up next yeah. week. We'll have a good run of guests. And uh, like we said, supertroopers2movie.com. If you want to uh, get some perks or you want to come to some of these screenings or beer fests or even uh, that baseball game or the, the ho- hockey game. Um, and uh, we love you Suck guys. it and suck it. Oh, right. You love you. And we love you. suck it. Yeah, and everybody suck it. <laughs> Kevin Heffernan. Uh, no, I thought, you know, we would go funny at the end. You know what's great, I will say about this podcast, is that we are meeting true crew people wherever we go now. It is true. Which is great. Cannabis Cup, the, Fun. You know, like a lot of true crew people, a lot of true crew people like texting. Here's one thing I would like to do differently next time we do the um, a telethon or like, uh, you know, there is talk about us doing some like more live stuff. Yeah. Like we just did. Um, we, sh- we needed to go off the... the the feed a little bit more because there were a lot of people like uh like writing in questions to us and we just oh yeah we yeah, were yeah. ignoring it but it was hard be- yeah. i mean that was hard because it was there's so many people co- uh, you know uh, coming through the studio and like you wanted to have some questions for them and whatever it was, it was just juggling yeah. it yeah but yeah i think we did that more in the final countdown we did we did more reading off the feed and yeah and taking yeah, people's questions sure. and stuff so. and my new favorite thing is periscope by the way oh it is is it yeah um, all right. Okay. All right. All right. Anyway, Chew Crew, I'm going to chew on a pina colada on my way out. Really? Because yeah. you're in Tahiti? Yeah. I'm going to have a little uh, mahi-mahi on the way out. Mahi-mahi, okay. Mm, grilled. Mm. 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 In our, from our tropical location? Mm. Yeah, yeah, here we are. Mm. 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 Thanks, oh, hey, everybody. Hey, Shannon oh. Seckard. Uh, n- yeah, I'll go jet skiing with you. Okay. Don't piss in the pool. Okay. Mm. All right. All Thanks, right. everybody. Talk to you next week. Now leaving Nerdist.com.